Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The streets of Melbourne were ringing with union solidarity on Tuesday the 8th of December with the United Firefighters Union rallying to denounce the Andrews Labor government for dragging its feet on their EBA for a phenomenal 950 days. And despite the government and mainstream media saying it is all about a pay rise, the UFU has made it clear it is about safety and salary runs a low fifth on the negotiating table. That report later in the program. But first, the shocking arrest of two senior CFMEU officials on blackmail charges on Sunday the 6th of December. John Seeker, Victorian Secretary of the CFMEU Construction Division, and his deputy, Sean Reardon, were charged with blackmail under Section 87 of the Crimes Act for unwarranted demands with menaces with a view to gain personally or for others. These charges relate to the GROCON dispute in 2013 and pertain to the allocation that threats were made to borrow that black bands would be placed on the company if it continued to supply cement to GROCON during the dispute. The charges were recommended by Justice Dyson Hayden in his interim report from the Royal Commission into Trade Union Governance and Corruption which was kicked off by Prime Minister Abbott in February 2014. The other thing that happened this week, of course, was the blackmail charges that have been laid against John Shetka, the Secretary of the CFMEU Construction Division in Victoria and Tasmania, and Assistant Secretary Sean Reardon. This is, of course, unprecedented. Never has blackmail been used as a criminal offence for industrial campaigns or disputes. It is unprecedented. In fact, the last time uh, the common law was used against unions in this way was probably back in the 19th century, and that was the Shearer's strike, and uh, the charges were conspiracy. I might add a lot easier to prove than blackmail. But anyway, our good friends uh, from the Hercules Task Force, Turk. Uh, they had decided that they would uh, avoid the media scrum, they said, and arrest uh, people, in the case of Sean Reardon, at his home, and in the case of John Shetka, while he was driving his wife and family home from a visit to the Victoria Market. And the story was that both sides of uh, the road suddenly were blocked off by our good friends from Turk, some little suburban street in North Melbourne, Suddenly there's uh, lights and, and sirens and uh, unmarked cars, front and back, bang, blocked off. In front of his kids, taken away, charged and then released on his own surety. Well, you've got to say, that's pretty pathetic. Because we're not exactly inexperienced when it comes to dealing with our friends from the constabulary. Usually ring up, arrange for a visit to the cop shop, get the charge, off you go, see you later. No, they had to uh, go over the top and make a big event out of it and say they were trying to avoid the media. 
Well, well, that, did, the, that didn't work either, did, did it? No, the press release they put out later in the afternoon uh, on Sunday made sure that there was front pages everywhere. And, of course, uh, if you're going to stick it in our face, we're going to give you a little bit back. Nice. And the bit back was the rally on uh, the uh, following day when uh, on the Tuesday morning we had the rally in uh, William Street in front of the magistrate's court supported by a huge range of unions and, of course, the bulk of the uh, attendees were members of the CFMEU from the inner city uh, job sites who turned up and supported the Secretary and Assistant Secretary. Well done, boys. It was worth listening to just for the chanting. And we're going to play it for you now. That was a summary of events from Warren of the Concrete Gang, the CFMEU program on 3CR. The full program is available by podcast on the 3CR website. On Tuesday, 5,000 unionists swamped William Street outside the Magistrates' Court in support of the two men and their principles of working people's rights to defend their safety and conditions in the workplace, in fact, engage in legitimate union business. Here is a section of John Seeker's speech outside the court with thanks from CFMEU TV, which is available through the CFMEU website. Thanks very much, everyone, for turning up. I really appreciate it. It's overwhelming. Uh, and it's very humbling. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks to all the unions that are here. Uh, thanks to Jed and everyone, the whole team, Luke. Thanks very much for all your support. It's times like this when you see who your real friends are. And, I mean, look, I'll give you a bit of a story. I mean... We're union officials, and I mean, we know we're going to cop a bit of shit every now and again. But to be pulled over on a Sunday coming back from a big market, with your kids in the car, uh, in the side street in North Melbourne, by Hercules Park, board. I'll tell you a bit of a story. I said to them, what, is this necessary? I mean, you know, you know where we work. We've always arranged, we're coming for an interview, whatever it is. This is unnecessary. Their excuse to me was... Now, funny is this, we didn't want to turn into a media circus. We want to keep it under the radar. So uh, that's why we've done it on a Sunday. So I bought the agent of Sunday next day on the front page. That really worked very well. Thank you very much for that. When they first got out of the car and they're on their um, gear, they weren't uniformed, they're uh, detectives, Hercules. They first said Hercules. I said, thanks very much. I've been working out. I didn't go that big. But uh, for the Hercules passport, well, thank you very much. But I mean, look. Fellas, the bottom line is we do what we do. The Royal Commission has been attacking all the construction unions and a lot of other unions for two years now. And you know what? One of the reasons they hate the construction unions is because we're so successful. We work in one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. A construction worker is seriously injured every nine minutes in Australia. Do you know how many of us die every year? It's so dangerous. It's unbelievable. And yet... Apart from going to work every day and trying to get home safe, what do they do? They pull us over on weekends in unmarked police cars. They prosecute union officials. They prosecute shop stewards. And they prosecute rank-and-file members. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn us into Nazi Germany. That's what they're trying to do, this coalition government. And you know, we enjoy our 36-hour week. We've got some of the best conditions in the world. And you know what? They're trying to take it off us. They want to get it off us. People like Mike Payne, the CEO of Borrell. I don't know what sort of EBA he's on. He's on $88,000 a week. Not a bad wicket. And he gets up there 
talks of black blackmail, I just wish he'd go back to America. I mean, we've got federal police raiding union officers. They raided our Canberra office. They were there for so long, they had to get another warrant. They'd done two shifts. And you know what? We took it to court and it got overturned. activity of this federal police, I thought ISIS must be on annual leave. I don't know what's going on. Aren't they supposed to be protecting us? They're obviously ISIS is on holidays and they've just tipped off the federal police and they've said, you know what? We spent two and a half million dollars trying to protect Australians against terrorists, but we'll spend a hundred million dollars trying to destroy unions. And that's what they're doing. Burrell have killed 14 workers in the last 10 years. They are an anti-union company. They are trying to bring down the trade union movement. And you know what Borrell have been doing? They've been lobbying in Canberra, lobbying politicians to have anti-union legislation passed through the Senate. That's what they've been doing. That's the sort of company Borrell is. And along with our other good mates, Brocon, who killed three people, three innocent people on the wall, who me and Sean were some of the ones out of our staff that were helping pull out them poor kids that got killed that day for just walking down the street. That was Grocon, and they got a $250,000 fine for killing three kids. I didn't see them pulling Daniel Grollo over on the weekend. We're representing our members, and we get pulled over like common criminals. The ACTU leadership and others in the union and social justice communities have long branded the Royal Commission as a witch hunt an extremely expensive, over $61 million, political exercise designed not only to return the Liberals to power in the 2016 election, but to serve up Australian workers as a compliant, low-paid and unrepresented workforce to corporations and other employers. The evidence that the Commission and the media have been used to create an image of union criminality without substantial evidence, is strong. In fact, those watching could be excused for thinking that they have been caught in a bold and beautiful episode. Slush funds and whistleblowers at the Health Services Union of Australia, with the whistleblower Cathy Jackson lauded by the Commission as the beauty amongst the beasts, herself being exposed as a rorter and in a relationship with the second-in-command at the Fair Work Commission. The Royal Commission itself being accused of leaking incriminating and unsubstantiated rumours about particular unions and officials to the media, the Commissioner being sprung, flying his Liberal Party colours by accepting the keynote speaker role at a Liberal Party fundraiser, with the umpire's impartial role that is assigned to a Royal Commission being besmirched since these allegations were adjudicated by the Commissioner himself. Salt was rubbed into the wounds when the hearings were suspended so that the Commissioner could go and teach law at Oxford for three months. People weren't surprised that the public were not allowed to know how much their man was being paid. But let us get back to the CFMEU in particular. The connection with Liberal Party tactics to return to government in 2016 are hard to shake when it comes to the arrest of John Seeker and Sean Reardon. There has been a slow build to the arrests. The arrest of Johnny Lomax in Canberra for blackmail for negotiating a wages deal with an employer was thrown out of court without any evidence being heard. 
The raid on the ACTU office was deemed illegal when the union took the police to court over their actions. The evidence presented by one Andrew Zaff of intimidation and graft specifically against John's sector being proved to be unsound with the bizarre revelation that Mr Zaff had wounded himself with a knife and said a union man had done it. He was so wound up with uh, a need to express his personal vendetta. However, this has not stopped the local Murdoch tabloid, the Herald Sun, using the allegations as a heated-up anti-CFMEU story. The union campaigned to call for the removal of police involvement on building sites over what are industrial rights issues, hitting the intentions of the government's confrontational approach to industrial relations on the head. The interim report from the Royal Commission that recommended the laying of charges was produced in April and served just before Christmas. It's all about timing. I asked Luke Hilakari, Secretary of the Victorian Trades Hall Council, for a comment on the arrests. Luke, can you have, have you got any statement about uh, the arrest of uh, John Seeker and Sean Reardon? Reardon, you were down at the Magistrates' Court. Yeah, the arrest was an absolute disgrace. Uh, John Seeker and Sean have done nothing more than stand up for construction workers, and they stand up strongly. And we are just so proud of the work they do. The fact that they got arrested on the weekend like that is just unspeakably wrong. Um, in front of their families, you know, they know where they work. You know, each and every day they're in their union office and they're out in sight and they could have arranged an appointment, but they chose not to do that and we're very embarrassed for the Victorian police that they made that decision. Um, this is a battle about safety. Um, this is a battle about protecting construction workers. Over the last 10 years, 400 construction workers have died and we need strong leaders like John and Sean. These people save lives. Do you think this is just Turnbull's uh, ratcheting up a publicity campaign before the election? Oh, well, it's all about Turnbull, it's all about this Royal Commission, it's all about demonising unions for the jobs we do every day. They stand up for workers. They don't like it, and frankly, we don't care. Now, they were just uh, shown to have uh, done an illegal action in uh, Canberra by raiding their office, and also another member of the CFMEU was charged with blackmail and it was thrown out of court. Yeah, so we've seen a few times where they've overreached, um, and they've done that to their embarrassment. I would think... Um, that the Royal Commission should learn from this, but of course they won't because they've got an agenda. Um, and that agenda is being exposed as we speak. Do you think this is a Christmas present to the Australian public that uh, unions are full of corruption? No, no, this is, this is a disgrace is what this is. Um, this is an embarrassment because these working people stand up for all of us um, and we should be very proud of them and we need to get behind John and Sean. Finally, I was able to ask Adam Bant, the Green spokesperson on employment and workplace relations, for a comment on the arrest. Adam Bant just happened to be a speaker at the United Firefighters Rally our next story. Uh, look, I'm not across the detail about what's happened, and I'm just telling sorry, uh, I'm not across the detail. I'm asking someone to come and brief me about it soon. Um, if things, uh, there, it doesn't seem right that um, uh, union officials that have cooperated with the Royal Commission all the way along have um, find themselves arrested on weekend in front of their families. From what I understand. And um, if that's, uh, I don't understand the reason for that. And that, um, I think there's some explaining to do about why that's the case. And I, I've heard that the um, the union has said it shows that it's politically motivated. And I think there needs to be an explanation about why um, uh, a union that's cooperated with the Royal Commission can't now 
have um, uh, can't have the courtesy of having uh, of being told, oh look, you might be about to be charged. We can come and talk to us in our offices. So um, I think there's some questions to answer on that front. Great. Nothing else? No, that's it. That's Great. It. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. One thousand two hundred off-duty firefighters marched in uniform through the streets of Melbourne on December the eighth, finishing at the steps of Parliament. They distributed a postcard representing Victorian Labor Premier Daniel Andrews as a Grinch stealing firefighters' Christmas, saying that nine hundred and fifty days is too long to settle an EBA. Their T-shirts held the words. Andrews spoke days before he was elected. Respect, honour, value your firefighters. They were angry. Send that message, members. What do we want? What do we want? Now, now what I'm going to do, I'm excited, you get excited. We've got the secretary of the United Firefighters Union Victoria branch. We've got the secretary of the, United, of the national body, Mr Peter Marshall. He's here to address you now. Let's get him the floor and let's let him send the message to Mr Andrews. Thank you. Thanks very much. Just for the uh, families and children out there, we do believe in Santa Claus and there is a Christmas and part of that Christmas spirit. So make sure you understand that. But there's a problem here. Unfortunately, up here in Giggle Palace, where the Premier is, and the Minister Jane Garrett, they've forgotten about the Christmas spirit for firefighters. So we can have a bit of a joke about that, but it's very serious. Because you people are going to be deployed to probably one of the worst fire seasons that Victoria has seen. The fire commissioner says it's going to be bad. All the experts say it's going to be bad. So while everyone's at home enjoying their Christmas cheer, you'll be on duty 24-7. And you don't ask any accolades for that because that's what you do and that's who you are. But at the very least, at the very least, when a member of parliament is charged with a responsibility to make sure that if you go to work, you come home safe and they walk away from you, that is a very, very serious thing. And it's even worse for this reason. Just 11 days before Daniel Andrews became Premier, he actually asked to speak to 1,100 of you at Collingwood Town Hall. And in a minute you will see what he actually said. But it was a very heartfelt speech. And firefighters do believe in honesty and they believe in decency. And unfortunately, you took his word. He actually said that he would respect the work you do, that you would, and he would honour the work you do that he valued the work you do, and that every time you went to shift, he knew that you were performing an extremely dangerous occupation. And it is so disappointing to see that those words were no more than political rhetoric. For that Premier, I think that's going to be a defining moment in your career. 
What a minister who spoke so glowingly about becoming your minister. And I'm going to let you in on something that's not been portrayed in the media today. We've heard a lot about false figures overpaid. This is not about pay. And the Premier and the Minister can hide behind that. But on grand final leave, in front of witnesses, the Minister, along with her advisor, came to a meeting that I was present and there's an affidavit to this effect. And we put on the whiteboard what was outstanding after 10 months of negotiation. And there was five things. Wages were last, not even a consideration. And the Minister said that would be resolved by the end of that week, within a couple of days. What happened to that promise? What happened to that commitment? Most importantly, what gives you the right to mislead firefighters in that manner? And most importantly, what gives you the right to walk away from critical safety clauses? There was a stunt where the Minister's advisors and the Premier's advisors said, look, we're not happy with this process. We don't like your logger claims. We asked whether they were going to honour as to what was agreed. There was only five or six outstanding items. The advisor said, I'm going to go see the minister. Walked out of the room into an office. The office was empty, by the way. It was all pre-organised. Come back in and said, the minister's not happy with this. I'm referring it. She's referring it to fair work. And we're going to have a press conference in 40 minutes. Now, if that's bargaining, bargaining in good faith, well, I come from a different world. If that is respecting and honouring and valuing the work that firefighters do, I come from a different place. There's one thing that firefighters do do, and that is that when they say something, they mean it. They are the most trusted, if not one of the most trusted professions in the community. Their work is dangerous. Unfortunately, some of them do not survive as a result of that, and that's part of what we do. But for our leaders in Parliament up in this place to actually use you politically in the way you have been used is an absolute disgraceful act. Can I say morale is low? And it is low because we're going into a fire season where the very person that actually said that they would respect, honour and value the work that you do has walked away from you. That your minister has tried to engage in leaking false stories to papers about exorbitant pay increases that are not true and they know them not to be true. Please, members of the public, do not be fooled from that. Can I say, you'll play what so everyone knows, if it's ready to roll, what Daniel Andrews told you 11 days before he became Premier. I'm not angry about this. I am disappointed. As a representative of you, I feel we have let you down. We ask you to believe Daniel Andrews when he told you the things he did. Have a look at the screen just to remind you and members of the public. Because one question to the Premier and the Minister. What happened to that, Daniel? What happened to those words? What happened to that commitment? Please roll that video. Dave and Pete, thank you so much for inviting me along today to each and every one of you, ladies and gentlemen. Can I begin by saying something that we haven't heard a lot of in the last four years? I value the work that you do. I respect the sacrifices you make. I honour the risks you take every hour of every shift to keep every Victorian safe.
Maureen Safe. Inspire fighters like you every day in every community, taking risks, really difficult circumstances. That's what you confront every single day. And I think a good government, a government that's got the right values and the right priorities, is all about supporting you to in turn support every member of our community, often at their most vulnerable, often at their lowest ebb. It's amazing work that you do. And we haven't, I don't think, acknowledged that properly in the last four years. Can I say very clearly, that's why I said we feel you when we let you down. Because we believed what the Premier told you before his Premier 11 days. And now we won't even return phone calls. Can I say this, that disputes come and go. But please do not damage the reputation for cheap industrial trips that we've seen out of this government. We're giving you an opportunity, Premier Andrews and Minister Garrett, to protect the protectors like you told them 11 days before you became Premier. We're giving you an opportunity to sit down and resolve this. Put aside your cheap industrial tricks to put in media to certain newspapers that you know not to be true. Hold press conferences thinking that will deflect from your commitments. These people here deserve better. And members of the community, log on to respectyourfirefighters.com because now you have seen the evidence, you can make the Premier and members of Parliament accountable. I'm not going to say too much more, other than this week has been a very difficult week for firefighters. And you all know what I'm talking about. You actually are wearing it and you're wearing it in your heart. Can I say very clearly, we want the support of this house here to make sure you come home safely, resolve this workplace agreement, put place, put back in place those clauses you agreed to, those safety clauses, and negotiate in good faith. Thank you very much. I'll hand it back to the President. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at stick.together at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.